Hi, this is Mary-Kate Wiles from The Wayward Guide for the Untrained Eye, and I'm here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles, and you can listen now. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Mary-Kate, welcome to the cave. Hey, thank you. How are you? What's new with you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I actually am so glad this is just over like audio because I right before this got something terrible in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) And now my makeup is like everywhere. So anyway, besides that, I'm doing good. (laughs) uh, How's the whole quarantine and working treating you? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously acting, uh, there's been less of that, but I myself, like I have a Patreon and I, I've been doing that for a long time. And that's something that I've all been, I've, I've been able to continue doing, you know, on my own pretty much at home. So it it hasn't been that different for me in terms of my day to day. Um, So I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm glad I still have work to do. Mm -hmm. So you've been busy. So you're actress, producer, creator. You're the yeah. lead character of the web series Wayward Guide of the Untrained yeah. Eye. So you've yeah. been busy. <laughs> I have been. I like to keep busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, where are you originally from? Yeah. So I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas, actually. But I've lived in L.A. for quite a few years at this point. Oh, How was it growing up in Arkansas? You know, Fayetteville is like, it's the perfect place to grow up and Honestly, if I hadn't lived my whole life there up until I was 18, and if I wasn't an actor, like it, it's a very nice place to live, and I would totally consider it. Um, it's a really cute little town, and and um, it's in the Ozarks, so it's beautiful. I definitely miss, you know, the the leaves changing color in the fall as much as I love living in LA. Like, there's some things that that I miss about home for sure. Yeah, how old were you when you kind of had an idea? This is what you wanted to get into. Oh, man. Well, I grew up, you know, in dance classes and choirs and such. I was an only child. So I was into performing and like keeping myself entertained. And um, it was actually when I, I saw the Lord of the Rings for the first time in a theater. And that was when I like made the decision of like, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I was so swept away by that film that I just like, I wanted to spend my life a, going on adventures like they were doing in the movie because that looked really fun and the you know being a part of something that made that could make people feel the way I was feeling watching that movie um, and so I actually decided to pursue you know theater and I I came out here to USC and studied at USC when I was 18 and and I uh, just kept going ever since <laughs> uh, how uh, how was it moving from like a place like Arkansas right into like LA yeah you know I get people ask if it's like culture shock it really wasn't like I I don't know I just always knew that I was kind of a big city person at heart um and I I think moving out here having college as like the reason to to transplant yourself in a new city was so good now I think about like if I decided to like move to New York or, or somewhere else, like that seems so daunting now that like I've created my life here in LA, you know, but 
as a kid, like when you're just kind of starting out, like moving to a big city for, for college is such a great way to get to know the city in like a safe environment. And yeah, I, I've loved it from day one. Like I, I really do love living in LA and I love all that there is to do here. Um, so yeah. When you told your parents, like, this is what you're going to do and you're going <laughs> to pack up your bags or you're going to move to LA, like what was their reaction? They try to hold you back or... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, when I told my mom, my, my sweet mother is, my dad is a very creative soul. My parents are divorced since I was very little. Um, but my mom is not, my mom and I are very different. Um, she's very practical and pragmatic. And I remember when I told her that I wanted to go to school in LA, she told me she was not going to let me do that. <laughs> she was like, no, okay. she didn't think that like, that was good for me to do at 18. And I started crying and I, I remember that moment. And then I obviously uh, was able to change her mind. Um, my dad, however, has been very supportive of, of me sort of following my dreams and continues to be, and my mom has obviously warmed up to it at this point, but it's, it's been, it's been, I don't want to say a struggle for her, but it's been something I don't think she expected. So I appreciate that she's, that she's come around to it. And Does she yeah. ever visit you? Oh yeah. She loves to, she loves yeah. the weather out here. She loves like going to the Getty and like walking around and looking at all the trees and the flowers and everything. So she likes it now. Oh, after when you finished college, like uh, when you started acting and everything, like, what was one of your first uh, gigs that you got? Yeah. So actually my first professional gig was in a feature film called Dark Woods. Um, I'm not sure where it's available. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is actually, but it was something that I booked and I actually shot it um, during my senior year at USC on the weekends, which was was great. It was such a good sort of first gig experience for me. And then from there, you know, that was really nice because I had, I had footage, I had something to show, you know, by the time I graduated. And I was also doing, you know, student films and, and other things while I was still in school. So that was really invaluable to sort of graduate having a reel and having stuff to show for myself. Um, and I, like I, <laughs> Like I said before, I, I like to be busy. I've always been pretty motivated. So I just really dove in headfirst in terms of looking for work after I graduated and looking for agents and managers and all that stuff you have to do. Um, and I don't want to say like it hasn't always been smooth sailing. There's all, definitely been like dry periods for sure. But I've managed to get to do a lot of really cool things in my career. And I'm, I'm very thankful for all those I, things. I mentioned earlier, you know, you acting producing directing like what's yeah. like if you had to pick one what would you stick with oh acting for sure I mean yeah. I never I I never thought that I would be a producer I think I think a lot of acting students like at least I did this like I graduated and I thought you know well I'm gonna win an Oscar probably in like 10 years and you know <laughs> you're like I I you just think that you're gonna be great and it's not gonna be a problem um so I never really saw myself producing but then you know kind of the realities of of the career start to hit you over time and I will say I have found producing and creating stuff to be so much more fulfilling than I originally realized and I think now it's like it's a pretty common thing to do for actors to sort of also be 
creating and producing their own projects um, at the same time, because acting is like, it's not easy, you know, and it's, it's, it's really tough to go day in and day out, going to auditions and not getting stuff. And you have to have something that is your own, that you can kind of focus on in the midst of all that, that, that is fulfilling for you. Because otherwise, like, for the most part, obviously, some actors are very lucky and like, get work all the time but like the majority of of us who are working actors have times in our careers that are that are difficult and that are slow and so having your own stuff to focus on is invaluable I think how do you how do you deal with like when you you know when you go through that dry period and you have nothing to do like what do you what do you do um, you cry <laughs> and you stare at the ceiling. Uh, I have specific memories of me years ago, just like laying on the floor in my apartment, staring at the ceiling, not knowing what to do. Um, but I think, you know, out of that, at least if you're like me and you kind of can't sit still, eventually you decide to try something else out because mm. you're just too bored and, Um, And that's sort of how I've come along to create the stuff that I do. And like I mentioned, my Patreon earlier decided to do that and make videos. And it's always changing the stuff that I'm creating and putting out, but at least like having something to do to keep me busy, which in turn, you know, hopefully um, advances my career in one way or another. Like you just at some point got to got to try stuff and see what works. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, you get the web series Wayward Guide. I mean, yeah. that's been it's been buzzing around. I was doing some research on it. There's a lot yeah. of things about it. How yeah. exciting has this project been for you? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm really glad it's it's finally here and it's coming out. We actually shot it three years ago in 2017, so it's it's had kind of a long journey and it was crowdfunded. It was kickstarted for somewhere around 120,000, and I know a lot of people who contributed to that have been really excited to see it. Um, but yeah, it's great. I'm so I'm so happy that people are enjoying it. it. I got to work on that with a lot of good friends, the Tin Can Brothers, who are the creators producers they are good friends of mine and I've worked with them before in the past so I think anytime you're able to to help your friends make stuff and to be on set with people that you know and love like it's just going to make that experience so much more enjoyable for everybody for the listeners real quick uh, without spoiling it tell us uh, what the show's about yeah so wayward guide for the untrained eye is a new digital series and companion podcast that follows Artemis and Paul, two twins who are podcast investigative journalists, as they go to the small town of Connor Creek to investigate some uh, strange political dealings with the local mining company, but they end up getting more than they bargained for when they discover werewolves. That's what it's about. In the podcast, are you involved with that too? Yeah, so the podcast is just another way to experience the story. So in the show, my character and her brother are creating a podcast. That's why they're in this small town. And so the podcast that comes out weekly along with the show is the in-world podcast that they are making. So it just kind of gives you more. It fleshes out the story a little bit more. You get to learn uh, more about each of the characters because there's a lot of like kooky characters in this little town um but it's not like necessary for you to listen to it to get the story it's just like kind of another way to experience it now did you have an audition for this an audition um no they just asked me they just offered me the role which was very nice yeah so when you read the script 
the first time you looked at the script and you read it like what was your reaction <laughs> well yeah a, a lot of people have been asking like what drew you to this role and it's like well nothing because like they just were like hey do you want to do this and I was like yeah and then I got the script later <laughs> um I mean anytime your your good friends ask you to to come play I I'm always excited to be asked to come play um but yeah it, it was exciting to read the script for the first time they it was a really like expedited process in terms of we crowdfunded in like mm, April, not April, sorry, August and September. And then we were shooting in November. So, um, and, and considering like Artemis, my character is in pretty much the whole thing. So I just had a lot of work to do in terms of getting all ready to go in kind of a short amount of time. Mm. Um, but it was great and it, it was exciting. I haven't played a character like her in a few years. So that was a fun challenge. How would you describe her? She's super, um, you know, she's super bold. She's like very much after her story. She wants to get to the bottom of things. She doesn't really let anything stand in her way. And certain things about that I can absolutely relate to. I'm very type A. Um, but she is a little more courageous than me probably and a little more, um, uh, not rough around the edges, but she she's not like going to waste time being nice, which, you know, I kind of admire. Um, but for the last few years, I've been playing a lot of characters that are pretty stylized in terms of they have an accent or like a certain way of speaking. And Artemis is just very much a normal character. And I didn't really have an accent or a certain like movement to, to hide behind. So it was more about getting to the bottom of like who she is and her relationship with her brother as well, who is played by Steve Zaragoza. And he's so great and was so fun to work with. How would you describe the chemistry between you and Steve? Oh man, it's so easy to act with Steve. He's just like, he, his character, Paul, is, you know, the foil to my character, Artemis. And he's just, as much as Artemis, like, has her mind made up, he is so curious and excited to, like, experience things and just very open. And that's very much how Steve is. He's so kind and, like, ready to have a good time. And just, he, I don't think he ever complained once on set. And I know I did. <laughs> it was really cold. I was complaining about that all the time. Um, he's just like such a happy person and it was not hard at all to like have an immediate, you know, um, connection with him because he's so open and he's just an easy person to be around. Uh, where was this filmed? So we filmed uh, mostly in LA, but also some, some scenes in this small little town called Pine Mountain, which is like up in the mountains about an hour and a half north of LA. And how long did you film the series? Mm, uh, I want to say we did 14 days, something like that. Um, spread throughout uh, November and December back in 2017. Um, how come it took so long to get released? Yeah, I mean, I can't quite answer that because I, uh, at least for this project, I wasn't on the other side. But I know that they you know, they spent a lot of time kind of shopping it around and seeing if they could get it picked up by, you know, the Hulus and the Amazons, different, yeah. different places that, that are looking for content. And, um, you know, after a while that didn't seem like it was happening. And so they decided to just go ahead and, and finally put it out on their own channel, which honestly, like, I know that there was, there was a time when like some of the audience was kind of like, okay, we've been waiting for this for a while. Where is it? 
but it kind of worked out great considering that like obviously nobody could have foreseen this pandemic this year and like nobody's been able to make anything so it's nice to have this show that we made a few years ago to put out right now and give people something to watch and and look forward to i've i've liked it at least it's been fun for me in that for that reason would you play this character again Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, again, anytime, anytime your friends ask you to come play, it's like, yeah. yes, please. How was it uh, working with the Tin Can Brothers for the, the second time around? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I did a show with them called Spicer Forever back in 2016, which was a stage show, and that is one of my favorite things I've done in the last few years. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, this was great. This was like kind of a big stepping. Uh, a big stepping stone for them in terms of like the size of the project. And so it's very exciting to be able to, to see your friends working on bigger and bigger scales and support them through that. And, and um, they're super, <laughs> they're super good to like, uh, you know, put up with me. <laughs> Cause I, I think I did a lot of like, well, what if I said this instead of this? Or like, why can I do this instead? Like I definitely put in my two cents quite a bit and they were very patient even when we were recording the podcast which we did this summer um I was like I don't know guys I think I should say this instead and they'd be like oh yeah okay (laughs) so they're very gracious to like let me kind of uh consistently do some directing myself but yeah they're great Uh, how many episodes is the series and how many episodes you do for the podcast yeah so there's 10 of each is that right there might be actually 11 of the podcast there's like a prologue episode of the podcast and then 10 regular episodes and then 10 episodes of the show as well and the series episodes come out on tuesdays and the podcast episodes come out on fridays how can the listeners uh find the show in the podcast yeah uh i think you can go to waywardguideshow.com which is kind of like a hub for all of the info about the show the series comes out on the tin can brothers youtube channel and then the podcast is on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts so what after this like what's next for you did you get a chance to work on any other projects before the whole quarantine yeah i mean not really anything that hasn't come out yet um but i so i have a group myself shipwrecked comedy with my partner and his sister and um we were planning on doing another big project this year um but of course that kind of got put on hold so we're still very much working towards that and hopefully we'll be doing that um in 2021 things are looking you know somewhat promising that we'll be able to be back on set you know, before the end of the year next year. So I'm really looking forward to that because it's it was hard to get super excited about something, you know, back at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then you just go, oh, oh, I have to put this on hold for months and months. Uh, Mary Kay, how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at MK Wiles. That's W-I-L-E-S on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Patreon. Like I said, I'm all over. This is fun. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.